When most people think of Silicon Valley, they think of companies like Apple or Facebook or Uber. Companies started by two co-founders in a dorm room or a garage that quickly grow into billion-dollar corporations that have an impact on all of our lives. In reality, most startups fail. And for those of us who join startups, if we're lucky, we might get one shot at hypergrowth. Mine was Zenefits, which grew from 54 to 1,100 employees in the year that I was there. But our guest today, Jason, has worked for three. Most recently, he was the head of global customer success at Deal, where he scaled his team from 25 to 140 in under two years, and revenue grew from 30 million to 340 million ARR in that time. He'll share with us how he chooses the startups that he joins, how he systematically builds alignment across teams and time zones, and what it takes to truly thrive in hypergrowth. I'm your host, Sarah Roberts, and you're listening to Success Unscripted. Hey, Sarah, how are you? Good, how have you been? Good, uh, keep, keeping busy, keeping busy. I've got- uh, Sounds like it. Yeah, I got a lot of stuff going on, so I appreciate the reschedule. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you making some time at all. So first question I always like to ask people is just, how did you get into customer success? Because most people, you know, unless you're right out of college, you, you didn't start in customer success because it wasn't a thing yet. Yeah, I, I definitely did not. Um, actually spent my 20s uh, as an entrepreneur, uh, totally different industry. I was a real estate developer, uh, commercial developer. I didn't know that. That's what my dad yeah. does, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I built shopping centers and bought a, apartment uh, complexes, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And and at 28, 29, I thought I'd be done by thirty five. Uh, that's always a good sign. Like, like retired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, two thousand eight rolled along, and and you can guess uh, guess what happened there. So yeah. at thirty at thirty years old, I was uh, starting from scratch. Uh, I went back to business school. Um, and, uh, and, uh, not something I really had in the cards originally, but, but when the time came, it seemed like a perfect time to go do business school. Um, and, uh, always knew I wanted to be in tech. Uh, that, that was always a passion of mine. Um, I grew up in Sacramento, which is just 90 miles or so from San Francisco, but a very, very different world. Yeah. And, uh, I, I was always attracted to that startup culture and, and that idea. So I came out of um, out of business school and joined Deloitte, um, working in software implementations. Uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do at at a startup, but I knew I was interested, and I thought Deloitte was a great place to start to kind of uh, learn the ropes and and uh, get software chops. As soon as I learned about customer success and, and heard about it, I knew I knew that was it. I, I wasn't interested in in new business sales and kind of uh, the, the hunting aspect. Right. Uh, I love working with people. I love engaging with people. Um, as soon as I heard what customer success was, I, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And so uh, planned to join a startup uh, after Deloitte um, and started learning and reading about customer success at that point. Well, and, and this won't surprise you, but um, the main reason I wanted to have you on here, besides the fact that you're just fun to talk to, is... Uh, you have, and I think this, these are the only three startups that you've been in customers. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they've each 
just seen growth that is so unusual. I mean, Intello scaled from 3 million ARR to over 20 million in the two years they were, that you were there. Um, and then you, you joined directly, which grew from 12 million to 45 in about two years. And then most recently at Deal, which is probably the most impressive, um, where you led the whole team there and, and helped them grow from 30 million to 340 million. <laughs> yeah, that, that one was pretty, pretty intense. I mean, that just doesn't, that doesn't happen. Like at, yeah. at best people maybe get one of those in their career. So that's what I want to talk about. Um, ask you some specific questions about all that today, but walk me through what that was like. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, so if I take them collectively, it, it's really important, number one, to just say there's a lot of luck involved, right? And even these companies that scale, yes, I've, I've scaled uh, three companies now. The first one, the stock is literally worthless, right? right. Uh, right. We scaled it and then uh, LinkedIn killed it. And, um, and uh, I didn't even exercise my shares of that first one, right? The second one, uh, yes, sold. It was an exit, a uh, pretty boring exit, sold to a BPO. Um, What's uh, a BPO? But, uh, oh, oh uh, business processing uh, outsourcers, okay. but specifically directly is in the support space. And okay. um, they sold to a large out, uh, support outsourcing company, right? Um, so, so a really innovative product that essentially sold to the, the boring industry leaders, right? Like call centers. Uh, Yes, exactly. Um, and then, uh, and, and then deal, um, uh, you know, I, I knew it was going to grow, but uh, of course, did I think it was going to grow from 30 to 350 uh, in the, in the two years I was there? Uh, of course not. Um, generally speaking, though, I do believe you have to be really passionate about what you're doing. You have to find something you can be passionate about. We've talked about this and yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to knock on any industry. So I won't, I won't call anything out, but there's certain startups where there's great jobs available. Uh, and you think, oh yeah, I could do that role. But what they're doing as a company just doesn't interest me. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if you take those roles, you're going to fail. Right. I, I, uh, they're, they're too hard, right? Startups are too hard. Yeah. So is it typically the product that you're, attracted to? I mean, obviously it's a, also a combination of customer success and something else, but what is it that makes customer success at some companies more interesting to you than others? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Uh, I think it's even a step before that. Uh, I, I, I think to myself, if I was explaining to uh, my mom's a good example, she, she asks me regularly, now tell me what, what you do again. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if I'm explaining to somebody what, what my company does, the idea Am I passionate about that? Right. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I could walk through Intello directly and deal and tell you exactly what it was that I was passionate about, but it's the idea. So mm -hmm. yes, the product has to be there. Uh, uh, there has to be smart people building incredible things. Uh, yeah. There has to be a good place for you to step in and build. Uh, but ultimately it's a level above that. And it is, you have to be passionate about what the company's trying to accomplish. And so as a leader during this hyper growth phase, which is kind of the only phase that you've worked in, um, how, do you, how do you ensure that expectations are always 
really clearly set and that roles are clearly defined when all of those things are constantly changing. Yeah, and I, th I think that's really difficult, uh, but that is ultimately, that, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Um, being able to help someone understand what it is we're trying to accomplish as a team, um, what's expected of them in their role. I, mm -hmm. I think those are, those are so, so important. So it's in setting expectations, right? This is what good looks like in, in the role. Here's right. what we expect of a customer success manager, right? Um, it's not, it can't be, um, it can't be cloudy. It can't be like, well, I thought this is what I was supposed to be doing. Right. You really have to lay that out. And uh, maybe other people have lucked out. I have never joined a company where the roles were clearly defined when I stepped in. Right, right. And that's that was going to be my next question is like, when do you... When do you start to define those? Because as a recruiter, as as best as we can um, with the hiring managers that I work with, you try to get those things nailed down in the beginning because it will help you understand who you need to hire and who is going to be successful in that role and then help set them up for success when they join. But it's probably a little bit more of a moving target when when you're growing like that. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think the recruiting aspect, the, the approach and the conversation that leads up to whether or not we wanna talk about this company and it's a good fit, that's, that's a critical conversation, right? So, yeah. so it's important that you do that homework and that uh, essentially, I think, good, good recruiters are pressing their founders to really pull that out of them yeah, uh, because they say, Hey, we just want someone smart or, or someone that can right. right. Every job description reads the same, right? Right. It's, we want someone that's done this before and uh, has done, has done it well and has had success in X, Y, and Z. Yeah, we, we know, of, of course, um, what, what, uh, what the good recruiting process does is it allows someone like me to, to come in and understand, am I aligned philosophically with mm. what they're trying to accomplish as a company? Mm -hmm. Right. Because I know I'm going to have to step in and it, I, it's never going to be, Oh, this is just like the job description uh, read. Right. Yeah. Uh, there, there's going to be adjustments. We're going to have to make shifts. We're going to have to, we're going to have to do all those things. Um, so, so ultimately I, I think it's really important uh, out of the gate uh, to come in and, and assess that. Uh, so, so once you, once you've joined, You've got to assess that, assess like, what was I told I needed to do? And mm -hmm. where are the gaps? In, are there blind spots? Are they dead on? What did they miss? Um, that's really where you have to start is, is understanding how well do they understand what they need yes. for the company? And because uh, then you got to sell. If that's, if that's not the case, you got to help them. Yeah, yeah. And... I'm going to shift gears a little bit, but I want to talk about leadership and some of the best leaders that I have worked with are, are really good at getting buy-in from the people on their team. And, and that's what oftentimes can help, you know, when, when you're going through that really hard startup phase, which they're always, you know, they're always ebbs and flows, but like during the shit storm, if you have buy-in and trust, 
uh, from your team, then a lot of times that that can kind of make or break it. So how do you... it's it's absolutely required, right? Yeah, it's you you <laughs> so have you to that? build up goodwill uh, because you're going to have to cash it in, right? Um, yeah. So how do you how do you do that? Uh, that's a great question, and. If I perfected this, <laughs> right? If, if anybody perfects this, congratulations. Uh, but ultimately, I, I think people really all want the same thing. They want to be heard and understood in their role. Uh, they want to have someone who trusts them and someone who has their back um, on, on the leadership side. Yeah. They don't want to be micromanaged, right? There, there's all these things that fill in, but uh, uh, kind of a playbook or a, or a pattern I've used that's worked well is when you come in, um, if I, if I come into a company and just start dictating, mm -hmm. here's the playbook I used previously. Yep. Here's what we're doing. Um, sit down and shut up and, and just, just do these things. No, nobody wants that. I don't want that. No, nobody wants that. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's coming in and listening and really understanding from from the folks that are already on the ground. T talk to me about your day. How, how do you spend your average day? How are you spending your week? Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and what does that look like? If you're in my shoes, I, I always love this, uh, this concept, downstream and upstream and lateral. It's such an important question. But if you were in my shoes, what's, what's the first thing you would tackle? What, what should mm. the priority, what should, what should the priorities be? And what I found is everywhere I've gone, it hasn't been a surprise, right? I probably yeah. could have stepped in and just listened, uh, just watched for a couple days and laid out my same, same playbook and, and kind of the generic, the generic pieces um, and get a lot of the same response. But, but the difference is when you ask and they tell you, you don't, you don't say, yeah, I knew that. I saw that. You go, oh man, that that's great. That's great feedback, mm. right? Thank you. And then when you're pitching it to the team, when you're pitching a, uh, let, let's say there's a big change coming, something that you want to roll out. You say, hey, I was talking with Ryan uh, and uh, everybody always knows, already knows Ryan. He's the one that everybody trusts and, and respects. Um, and and uh, you say to the team, hey, Ryan and I were talking and there's something that he came up with and it's, it's a brilliant idea. Even and if it's I, something I, that you've already come up e, with? E, even <laughs> if I already knew it, right? And that's not, it's not, I mean, I guess it is mani manipulation a little well, bit, but I mean, uh, they're, they're coming up with the ideas, right? It's strategic, and, yeah. Yeah, and I might've been able to come up with a lot of those same, right? 80% there, 20% from the team, but I want it to look like it's 90% team and I'm just there trying to help guide the ship. And I'm there. I've got your back. I'm here. I'm here to help, um, you know, and, and being available and, and uh, yeah. being, being transparent and all those different pieces, right? Fascinating. I've never heard somebody describe that, that uh, <laughs> strategy. <laughs> yeah, secrets um, out of the bag. And future, yeah. future listeners or anything. Of course yeah. I care. Like, like I don't want it to yeah. come across like I, well, I don't care. It's just, I mean, there's nothing malicious or deceitful yeah. about it. It's just, you know, it's kind of a little bit of playing politics, you know? Yeah. 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 So. And, um, and uh, I, I know we're talking mostly team, but just that question of um, uh, what would you do if, if 
you were in my shoes. That's yeah. a very dis disarming question. So I ask yeah. that of, of uh, fellow leaders as well. So if you, if you ask a sales leader, if you're talking to a sales leader, they might not tell you the things they're annoyed that you're doing or focusing on, right? And they're saying, you should be doing more of this and that and this. And they're just having that conversation amongst themselves. But if you ask a sales leader, hey, if you're in my shoes, yeah. what would you be focused on, right? They're going to tell you exactly what they think you should be doing. And that helps to surface uh, uh, misalignment, right? Yeah. Or unity, right? So anything that, that they're united on, you lean into. And anything where they're saying, hey, you should, be, you should be fully focused on doing whatever it takes to have a client not churn, even when we sell the wrong one, right? Th that's a conversation point, right? Th that, that's yeah. a conversation point where you say, hey, we, we're limited resources. I can chase these ones, but here's where the revenue opportunities are, right? right. And, and that's, uh, it's just such a powerful question. Yeah, because, well, and if I'm putting myself in the shoes of, of somebody on your team, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to give a manager feedback. When, it's, it's really hard. Yeah. And they have to ask first most of the time. Um, and otherwise, I mean, it's just too scary. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, are you going to fire me? Or like, what are you yeah. going to do? But to open that up to that, that then becoming the basis of your working relationship, that's just very powerful. Right. And there's, there's actually something psychological about it too. It's very hard for me to say, Hey, Sarah, when you do this, it bothers me. It's much easier for me to say, hypothetically speaking, if I was in your shoes, I wouldn't do this. I'd do that. Right. It's, it's just a, okay. it's, a it's, it's a much friendlier approach. So right? it's even a way to give, feedback in a more compassionate way. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or to, or to uh, let, let me restate to solicit feedback from someone less mature in their career that mm -hmm. is not comfortable telling their boss or their boss's yeah. boss, um, any feedback. I, I'm also a big fan, really big fan of anonymous surveys. Uh, I, I would, uh, regularly solicit feedback from my team, uh, anonymously. Um, and, uh, you get, you get better, you just get better feedback. Right. Um, but being transparent, being open, being a full human, um, and, uh, engaging in that way, I, I think helps to create that culture. Yeah. And you've, in the past, you've talked a little bit about your, the concept of the 10 commandments and helping making sure yeah. that everybody's aligned. And can you tell me more about that? Yes. So, so, uh, take, taking even a step back from that, um, hyper growth and when everything's moving very quickly or, or you know, deal specifically, um, yeah. I, I got to, I got to practice hyper growth and I got to practice autonomy and clarity of role and all these things previously, but deal was a pressure cooker. Right? I mean, I don't even think hyper growth really. Is right <laughs> yeah. What, too whatever, many other companies whatever. are called hyper growth. This is like, yeah. Yeah, whatever's above that. Well, yeah, whatever's um, faster than that. Yeah, and it's also a global company, right? So mm, if you think about mm -hmm. my my management team was based in Amsterdam, Mexico City, Singapore, Ooh. Sydney, um, uh, I feel like UK. Is the hardest one because it's like yeah, all, all over all over the place, right? Yeah, uh, and then individual contributors. I, I just looked at this the other day because uh, somebody had asked me. 
I think they were in 23 or 24 countries, my team specifically. So and our, you had, our, sorry, just to put this in perspective, how many people, I forgot to write this down, like how many people did you have on your team towards the end? Yeah, yeah, uh, we, we got up to about 140, 100, 150 like across yeah. um, customer success, onboarding and CS operations. Wow. Um, so, so they're all, they're all over the place. Right. Yeah. And so this stuff's hard enough and then it's really hard in hyper growth. Then you add on top of that, these are people that you've never met in person. Mm -hmm. Uh, you have one or two hours overlap with, with lots of people. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a whole nother thing. So, so that clarity of role that we were talking about earlier, that to me is absolutely critical. This is what your job is and this is what's expected. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. and coming in, the first thing you have to do is understand where there's confusion in that role because there always is, right? There's sales overlap, there's support overlap. There's, uh, if you're building out onboarding or implementation or services, if those are separate, the customer success manager specifically always has pieces of every single one of those jobs, um, yeah. because of the nature of them sitting between the customer and the, and the company. And so you really have to define those and clarify, right? So mm -hmm. clar clarity of role, and that's where these 10 commandments come in and it doesn't have to be 10, of course, and it's different. I, I've built a different set everywhere I've gone. And, uh, but, but I, I, I've always used this, this uh, example because, uh, because it's like tablets, here's the stuff we're gonna put in stone. This is what we care about. And it's laying out to them what we care about as a company, right? So, so it might be something like, we get back to clients when they reach out to us, right? We get back to them quickly and we always add value. Mm -hmm. that, that might be one of my, one of my commandments, right? Mm -hmm. And by always add value, what I mean is responding to an email is not it. It's not just, yep, I got it. Or they ask a very specific question and you give a very specific answer. I want them to get back to them and I want them to always add value. Why, mm -hmm. why are they asking a question? Use it, use it as an opportunity. Send them a white paper. Uh, do, do something above and beyond that they're going to go. Every time I talk to Jason, he adds value. Hmm. Uh, you don't want it to be support, right? Right, right. Uh, a support team's job is to fix something that's broken, um, uh, catalog a question, give the answer. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of that, uh, I could just talk to chat GPT if that's all I need, right? Um, I want a CSM that's going to add value to the conversation. So that's, that's one that's almost universally always in my commandments, right? Yeah. Uh, the second one is, um, so at Deal, we used a platform called Vitaly. Shout out to the Vitaly team. Um, great, great platform. Um, but whether it's Gainsight or Catalyst or Vitaly or Churn Zero, it, do, it doesn't matter. Uh, I, I had the phrase and used it uh, weekly at least. If it's not invitally, it didn't happen, mm. right? Mm -hmm. I don't want, mm -hmm. I don't want excuse, excuses. When, when you're at that size, uh, I can't just have personal conversations with everybody, right? And especially when you're global, um, uh, very real situation. CEO, some, someone, uh, our CEO, Alex at Deal was very accessible uh, to the public. And people would mm. DM him on LinkedIn. They'd text him on WhatsApp, really? right? And they'd tweet at him. And uh, 
he always got right back to him and said, I'm looking into it. And then he'd text me or he'd text whoever and he'd go, uh, client's pissed about this or so-and-so's pissed about that. Uh, if I jump into our platform, I want to be able to read up on that client. I don't want to have to reach out to the CSM. I want to protect the CSM from these things. But if they're not doing their role, if, if they're not documenting what's happening, if I go in and I don't see any notes, I don't see any QBRs, I don't see anything, what am I supposed to say to, to Alex when he says, what's the latest? Yeah. As opposed to coming back and go, nope, we just met with him last week and here was the conversation and here's a couple things that are outstanding. And I can do that with two minutes work when a CSM right. is doing, doing their job, right? And, so, and think, so that's always a commandment. Right? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, there are so many pieces of value in that, in that one. And one of the biggest, like you said, is just, okay, then it takes me two minutes, right? And so being able to, to save everybody's time, uh, that's so important during hypergrowth. And I think the, I'm now realizing that this would probably be called a commandment, but I've, I sometimes I talk about um, when I was at Zenefits and they grew from, I can't remember what the ARR was, but um, I was a 54th employee and they had 1,100 employees by the time I left a year later. <laughs> yeah, we were neighbors. Uh, Intello was next door. I was on the, I was on the third floor at uh, uh, 202 Folsom. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's all the backpacks and the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, on the, we were on the floor, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Parker would always say, and we used, um, what was it called? Confluence um, as, like, our knowledge base. Um, and he always said, if you don't, if you have a question about something, check Confluence. If it's not in Confluence go ask someone, find out the answer, and then write it in Confluence. And then put it in Confluence. And then put yeah, it in yeah. Confluence. And it was, and, and, and he would say it every single, at every single all hands meeting and the, you know, managers and pretty much everybody, if you ask them a question, they will say, did you check Confluence? Yeah. And then- And you, and you have to always, you always have to preface with that too, right? Uh, so, so when CSMs would, ping me about something, an escalation or whatever, or their managers would, that was my first question too. Is it, cap is it captured? Right. right? Is, is it captured? Like, I don't want to have this conversation until, until the notes are in place and then right. we'll add to them, right? Because that tribal knowledge, you know, if you don't get it documented somewhere, and of course, as a CSM, you know, that's specific conversations about the customer. In the, in the case of Zenefits, it was like, what are the specific rules for these different carriers in different states and there's just some there's so much information that if everybody just keeps it in their head then there the hyper growth just can't happen um, right and there is one other piece that i think is important as well um it's easy for for parker or alex at, at deal it's easy yeah. for them to say do this right they're the ceo that they can they can say yeah. what they what they want sure um uh it's important at the leadership level, at, at, at my level, at, at a manager level, they need to understand why. Like, mm. so I did, yes, I said all the time, if it's not vitally, it didn't happen. However, I also took the time and that example I shared, right? I would share those kind of examples. Uh, I would give shout outs. So, so I'd come into an all hands and, all, and I would explain an escalation happened last week 
and I, I went in and Robin, your notes were phenomenal, mm. right? And I, and I, I avoided, uh, right? Cause you, you're in Slack and Alex would pull leaders into Slack and he'd say, uh, you know, he'd call it client or whatever, whoever the client was, and he would start pinging people, right? So if I could come in within a minute yeah. with, and just paste a bullet, uh, paste bullets from the CSM, everything, everything is, is smooth. And right it makes there, you look right? good. It, it makes our team look good. It makes our team look like we're adding value. Right. And CSMs are all doing that. They're all having those conversations, but other teams don't get that. And so if it's not documented, mm. right, mm -hmm. you are, you're making our profession look bad. Right. Yeah. When I, when I can, when I can squash something in 30 seconds, because the CSM did their job well, that, 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 that's, that's what it's about, right? So you also have to make sure the team understands how it all works, how the data rolls up, why it's important that they capture these individual things. We're reporting off of it, right? Yeah. We're reporting and the board sees these kind of things. We're, we're trying to represent what we're doing as a company, as a team. And when you don't document it, you are impacting the entire team, right? So, so as opposed to just do it because we told you to do it. There's yeah. so much, there's so much busy work. Don't just tell them it's busy work, like explain the rationale and why you as a leader need it. So it's really critical. Yeah. Yeah. And giving those specific examples of praise, like I have a almost two year old. And one <laughs> of the things that like the parenting books always say is like, give your kid praise in front of other people for things that they're doing right. Like, Right. She helped me, you know, clean up her Legos before we decided to play with another toy. And so, and I try to do that as often as I can, even if it's just to my husband, but it really reinforces that positive behavior because they're going to want to do it again. Yeah. 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 We're, uh, uh, I've always been, but, but, uh, at deal, we really got to test it because the team was large and, and, and global, but, yeah. uh, leaderboards, right. To, to me, yeah. that's a, that's that same concept. Um, not only just laying out to the team what good looks like, right? But calling yeah. out specifically, hey, S Sky this week, he, he, he's in first place on the leaderboard. Mm -hmm, he's mm -hmm. doing all the things we want, uh, the activities that we're looking for, the KPIs that those, that those generate, um, and, and praising um, so that the team knows know what good looks like. Yeah. It, makes, yeah. it makes the individual feel great. It makes, it makes your child feel great but it also reinforces what it is you're looking for. Yeah. Right, and also, right? you know, now I want to be that person that you're talking about at the all right. hands meeting. Well, and, and, and scaling teams and growing teams, what you just called out is, is a really important part. Cause yes, that's what you want to do. Uh, it's, it's not for everybody, right? Yeah. A, a, com a company like deal that grows 10 X uh, in 18 months and the, the pressure cooker and the, right? It's just a lot. It's a lot. And yeah. so when you, do, when you establish what good looks like, and then you track it and you help people understand kind of where they're at, what you find is the folks that you already suspected were at the top. What do you know? They're at the top. Uh, folks that uh, you suspected were at the top or weren't sure. And if they pop up in the middle, but now, now they know the, now they know the measuring stick, yeah. right? So, so some of the best CSMs I had at deal, they weren't originally at the top of the leaderboard, 
right? Mm -hmm. They they were in the middle, or even some of them were at the bottom, and they they wanted to know each metric that went into it, and they and then they would say with their manager, okay, here's what I'm going to do, and they would start changing the way they did their job so that they popped up on the top of that yeah. leaderboard. They wanted to be in the top five, right? Um, and then other people kind of separate themselves out. The, the folks that are uh, in the middle or towards the bottom and aren't looking to change that, they, they kind of determine for themselves, hey, hey, you know what good looks like at this team. Yeah. And, and that's okay, right? This team's not, not for everybody. Um, yeah. And yeah. a lot of times those people find their way out, uh, or if not, you've got the coaching plan and the pips and you've got the yeah. data to follow, follow it. Yeah. And the way that you're describing this sounds to me a lot like sales. Um, and, and we've talked about this before, how you, you think that, you know, there is a lot that customer success can learn from sales, which I, I think is an interesting point to call out because customer success is so new and the strategy is so different at different companies. But that idea of looking at, okay, what is the end goal that we want? What are those main KPIs we want, you know, retention to be here and we want um you know to grow these logos whatever but to peel back and say okay then what are people doing on a weekly basis on a daily basis on an hourly basis what are the activities that people are doing to drive those outcomes yeah 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 i i think it's uh i think customer success by nature uh, to, to give it to give it a, a break it's it's pretty nuanced right and yes. it's it's a generic label that gets used in different ways at different companies right yep. so, so it Titles might be yeah glorified support uh account or or account managers or what there's so many different pieces but sales is a it, it, uh software sales in particular is is pretty dialed in yeah i do think i do think they're learning right now that wow, maybe customer success is quite important, and and uh, we need to be selling to the base and not always worried about new logos, right? Yes. But that's that's another conversation. I'm gonna I'm gonna set that aside. <laughs> we can uh, circle back to that. Sales has a funnel, right? Yes. And I can ask any sales leader. Uh, they they have a quota. They know what they're supposed to hit, and they can tell you we need X amount of SDR calls to get to Y uh, qualified leads to get to the demo, to get to, uh, to get to serious consideration, right? It's yep. fully baked and it goes all the way upstream. Marketing knows in front of that, how many ads they need to buy to get the SDRs in the right conversations. Right. And it's, it, it is a science and it is, yes, a good sales leader is, is making the odds better, right? They're changing a the closing rate from 25 to 30% because that's going to have an impact. Yeah. Um, customer success needs to do more of that. Um, and, uh, and the reason I really hone in on the sales, it's not because we need to be exactly like sales, but it's not too often that I come across someone where I have to convince them customer success needs empathy, right? Or customer mm. success needs to want to engage with clients. They all do, they all do that naturally, right? right. The, people, the people that gravitate towards customer success typically have those pieces naturally they like people they're empathetic they want to help solve problems right so so it's usually um in my experience at least uh 
the management consultant practices, I'm biased there coming from that world, uh, or the sales practices, consultative selling, those are skills that CSMs don't, don't usually have naturally. Right. Right. So, so I'm biased towards giving them those skills and uh, training on those pieces and having them think more like a sales team does, right? Uh, what does my book look like? Where, where are there opportunities? What conversations can I have? What questions should I be asking to flush out whether or not there's growth opportunity here yeah. or whether or not there's churn risk? It, it, it's a, it, it, we, we need more of that. Yeah, absolutely. And almost every success leader I've ever talked to tells me that, that selling customer success and its value internally is a never ending challenge. And, and there are definitely, you know, CEOs on every end of the spectrum, some that really get it, some that don't as much. Um, but I mean, how do you, do you, have you had to sell CS internally and, and how do you typically do that? Yeah, I think you constantly do, right? And sometimes it's selling what is CS and mm. sometimes it's selling what CS shouldn't be right um at uh, at directly for example uh two startups back um f phenomenal ceo uh a anthony was obsessed with customers um and uh had ev like uh knew all of them uh, by heart you know to talk to talk to folks regularly he was a great ceo he was he was hands-on with all the clients mm. um and uh, that, that, that's fantastic, right? But when I got in and started looking at, at data, uh, it was very clear that our revenue was, was, was coming from like five customers, right? Uh, yeah. Airbnb was one of, one of our largest customers and an investor. Uh, Xbox, well, Microsoft. Microsoft as a company was a huge investor. Yeah. And so I had to convince Anthony of the opposite. I had to say, we shouldn't be talking to these other customers. Our team's not big enough. Our team's not big enough. We can't be all things to all people. Yep. And there are huge opportunities in these, these ones that are driving the revenue. Um, so, so I did, I just did a full assessment and it, it was a lot of manual work and it was pulling as much data as I could. And then lots of manual work, but asking our, uh, we had operations team, we had uh, expert education for those freelancers uh, doing support. We had, uh, we had CSMs, we had onboarding, we had uh, launch or implementation. Um, and I literally just cataloged uh, hours. How much are you spending with each of these clients? Mm. And then we came up with a ratio and it was how much revenue do we receive from this client for every hour of work that we put into them. And when we made it that clear and we said, look, we're making $2,500 every hour we spend with Microsoft and here we're making 50, right? That's yep. not even, that's not including the, the salaries, right? So we're losing significant money every time we talk to certain yeah. customers. Um, so, so to get buy-in, you have to speak the language of the leader, right? So if a CEO gets CS, the conversation's more nuanced and it is, this is how we need to segment. This is how we need to think yes. about it. Here's the data pieces we don't have. It, it's, it's those kind of aspects. 
if the leader doesn't understand CS, it's helping them understand the value that the team is bringing or will be bringing, right? Uh, in CS, we rattle these things off, but, but a lot of people don't know it, right? Yeah. It costs seven times more to bring in a new logo than it does to just retain and, and grow that revenue at the same amount, right? Yeah. Seven times more. Um, but that's not the model, right? Uh, sales is very comfortable and I know how to bring in new logos. I know where to put fuel. Um, so, so you have to talk their language. Uh, so if it's, if it's efficiency, if it's profitability, if it's uh, resource driven, right? Um, mm -hmm. I like using, he I like using headcount conversations in the same way. Like, hey, if you want me to be all things to all people, I can do that. I, I had these conversations at Deal, like, uh, because it was, we need every single customer to have a customer success manager. We had, we had 16,000 clients. I said, I can do that. Let me show you how we can do that. And here's, here's how many people we'd need to hire to do that. Yeah. Or we can do digital touch and long tail and right. And then medium and, and here's where the investments can go. Um, you got, you got to talk their language. Yeah. Um, shifting gears a little bit again. Um, so, and you kind of talked about the, you know, there's, there are certain people that are, that do very well at startups, but it takes a very specific kind of person. But one of the biggest draws of joining a startup rather than a larger corporation is this idea that as the company grows, that it will also supercharge your career. Yeah. And so as a leader, as you're growing the team from what, 25 to 140 at deal? Yeah, yeah. How do you know when to promote internally versus hiring leadership externally? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great question. And uh, I, I think that is a, that is so much art, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like uh, it, it's hard to do well, uh, but it, but it's really important to focus on. Yeah. Um, I think all of it needs transparency. Uh, I essentially think out loud with my team. Um, so so I, I explain things. I explain, hey, we're gonna bring in some outside leadership because, because we've got a great team here and everyone's doing a great job, but uh, we want to bring in leaders that have done this before to help shortcut some of the pain points, yeah. right? We, we, want, we want to hire. So I want to promote internally when, whenever I can. And I need to be able to make a path um, for teams. That's much easier at hyper growth. So, so I know, you know, folks will be listening and say, well, yeah, when you are hiring 100 people or 100 sure. roles, yeah, it's not super hard to promote. Um, but it, it, there, there is another aspect I'll, I'll come back to, uh, people not being ready for promotion. Yeah. Um, but, uh, in hiring those teams, uh, I want to bring in outside enough, uh, so that it's not all homegrown and it's not all, uh, one person, especially in scaling, one person can't train all the inexperienced, uh, management. Right. Sure. But I want to train as much as I can and I want to give opportunity as much as I can. So rather than promotions, what, what I'm a, what I'm a big fan of is uh, project based ownership, right? Mm -hmm. So especially when you first come in and join a company, 
I'm asking, I, I came into the deal, I'm asking 20 people um, what's going well, what's, go, what's not going well, what does the team need to be focused on, uh, all these things. So that helps to fill that vision and, and, and spell that out. But it also creates a bunch of assignments, a bunch of stuff that needs to get done. Yeah. And so any of those, uh, any of those folks that are there when I, when I get in on the ground, um, anybody that's there, I want to understand kind of what their interest is long-term. I'm asking them that. Um, And uh, when I'm asking them what's wrong and and what, what's right and what, what needs to be fixed, they're giving you project ideas of things that they could work on. Right. And so I offer up those projects rather than have a CS ops team take everything or, or just the management take everything. I want the individual contributors to take those on uh, because Number one, they're, they're passionate about it. Uh, mm-hmm. you're, you're trying to help them make their job easier. Yeah. Uh, number two, you're giving them an ability to stretch. You're giving them ownership and uh, taking lead on something, and they're going to have to do the cross-functional stuff. That's what managers do, and that's what, that's what directors do, right? So, so you can give them a, a little piece and see how they do with it, and it's, mm-hmm. it's low risk. If I promote someone, if I take an IC that I think is great, uh, and, and they're smart and they're sharp and they're driven and I put them in a manager and they're not prepared for that. Yeah. And I don't have the ability to train them because I haven't, I haven't hired enough outside people and I'm just going to be stretched too thin. I've set them up to fail. Right. Right. So, so everybody wants, everybody wants the promotion. Everybody wants the path, but it's, uh, you want to do that in such a way where you, where you're going to succeed. Uh, yeah. if I just take anybody and say, that's your job now, uh, go do it. But that's really tough to do, especially in hyper growth. Yeah. Um, so, so that's kind of how I think about promotions. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen companies make that mistake where all of a sudden all these ICs are promoted into management. And then not only do they not get any management training, but they're also in interviews all day long because they're growing their team. Right. And then all right. of a sudden these, the ICs that report to them are kind of lost and they're not getting any coaching and they don't feel supported. And then morale just plummets. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, that's, that's something you have to consistently remind managers of, right? Your job is to manage the team, to coach, to understand what they need help with. Um, and, uh, it is, it is really hard, right? I mean, uh, it's really hard to do right when yeah. things are moving as fast as they are or fast as they are in, in hyper growth. Um, but that's where the investment pays off. Like um, try, trying to stamp out everything um, one at a time, you're just never going to do it. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. In fact, in fact um, uh, I've got, I've got an analogy uh, on this. Tell me. So, so the way I, come in and, and lead and, and especially uh, at deal where I stepped in, they were already uh, doing, doing quite well from a revenue perspective, yeah. already growing very quickly. I stepped in, I joined, uh, I, I joined in October, like September, October, mm-hmm. and uh, we had just hit 30, uh, 30 million. And uh, during the interview process, Alex said, we're going to hit 50 million by the end of the year. Right. So in October, he's telling me we're going to hit 50 million by December. And I just thought, 
He's he's crazy, but I like the gumption. Yeah. We close the year. We close the year at fifty-seven. We 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 surpassed fifty million. Whoa. Um, Almost but, double uh, in two months. Really. Yeah, yeah. So um, so so it was moving right, and yeah. so I, I I use an analogy um, uh, at Teal. I use this with the team when I when I first came. So I'm I'm from California. And so unfortunately I know too much about wildfires and how mm-hmm. they're fought and how they're fought. Um, yeah. But I think it's a really good analogy for customer success, right? Well, specifically for a leader coming in to, to lead customer success, right? Yeah. Um, fires, uh, when something's on fire, the temptation is just to get the hose and, and start shooting, right? You just shoot into the fire and, and hope. Right, or you you get your big boot and you're stomping out uh, you're, you're stomping out whatever's right in front of you, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, and and that works. That puts the fire out that's right in front of you, but everything around you is on fire. Um, so I used this concept of of wildfires. So so not just fire, not just everything's on fire, but specifically a wildfire. Mm-hmm. So in Cal in California, when a wildfire breaks out. Uh, they don't just parachute into the middle of the fire or right. show up with the hoses and shoot it. They first work to contain the fire, right? So, so they don't go into the fire. They go to the perimeter of the fire mm-hmm. and they try to stop it from spreading, right? So, so to, to fight a wildfire, to actually put a fire out, it's not firefighting that does it, right? It's containment. Hmm. You, you you have to go to the outsides and they, they bulldoze, they they remove any fuel they can. So they pull the grasses out, they knock trees down, they do whatever around the outside perimeter of the yeah. fire so that it stops spreading. So it stops hopping over, over highways and things, right? So, so they contain it first. And once they have it contained, and that's what they talk about. So, so you'll see fire, they talk about containment. They don't yeah, say the fire out. Containment. 15% so if, contained, 50% contained. So yeah. fire can be 100% contained and it's still on fire, yeah. right? The fire, there's still flames, yeah. but 100% contained means it's not spreading anymore. We've got it. And then they close in on it, right? And that's how you have to think about customer success specifically. I mean, I, I think it's a firefighting job, right? Uh, yeah. in, until you until you wrap it. Um, but specifically in hypergrowth, you have to contain first. So you have to come in and go, okay, what, what is like, what is murdering our team, right? Mm-hmm. What are the things that are just crazy? And you have to try to block those first uh, to contain that fire. And that's how you move from reactive to, to, to proactive over time, right? Mm-hmm. So this, con- this concept of don't just go in and firefight. If your team is firefighting, they're going to firefight forever. Right. Because stuff's going to happen. Uh, but go look at the fire, examine it, understand why it's spreading, and then contain it. Contain it first. And then that's when you start focusing on the on the customer success, best practices, and all that stuff. Once you have it contained. Huh. Um, your first CS leadership role was at Intello. What is something that you know now that you wish you knew then? Oh, uh, good question. Good question. Um, uh, oh, man. Um, so I was hired at Intello to build out 
uh, enterprise uh, customer success, right? So, so that was my first role, and I was a uh, I was an individual contributor first. I took on uh, I took on all the um, enterprise, the biggest enterprise clients, mm-hmm. and then I had to build out a team and hire and uh, literally the first hire and, the, and then and then building that out. Um, I think actually that analogy, I, I think that analogy I just shared. What, what do I wish yeah. I I knew? Um, was uh, don't just run into the fire, right? It's very easy to let your inbox, let your meetings, let all of these things um, rule your day, right? Yeah. Um, CSM has to own their calendar and they, they have to own uh, their day and they have to be proactive um, and have heads down time to think about their book strategically. And I do think my... Uh, management consulting helped with that a little bit, but the people pleaser in me, the person that wanted to help everyone mm-hmm. and has the empathy and, and, and likes to be around people, that that's what was doing me in, right? Yeah. I wanted to be all things to all people. Um, and uh, so, so I think that's, I think that's really important is, is that firefighting mode. Uh, if at Intello, I had come, come in more strategically out of a gate, I think, I think that would have helped us, um, uh, be, be more successful m- more quickly, right? Yeah. Um, ultimately, where I landed there, uh, you know, was understanding that regular engagement with clients. So, so, so like, w- what do I wish I had known? Bring more structure into the role. What What did I learn uh, the the most at Intello, and and what were my takeaways that I took to mm-hmm. the next company? Uh, regular engagement, right? Even a even a client that's frustrated with you regularly, but talking to you, that is so much better than the clients that go quiet. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I'm a, I'm a naturally optimistic person. Yep. Everything's great over there. Don't, don't worry about it. They haven't, they haven't had any issues that they've told me about. Um, those quiet clients are the ones that, uh, those are the surprises, right? Those are the yeah. ones that say we're not renewing or we're, we're going to your biggest competitor or, or whatever yeah. that regular engagement, the, 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 critical nature of regular engagement at the at the place where it makes sense for, uh, I'm talking about enterprise large uh, large right. revenue right but engaging with them regularly adding best practices adding value uh, and uh, and engaging with them that, that's really important great so Jason what's next <laughs> what's next so uh, yeah so I left uh, I left deal in June Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, just, <laughs> I needed a, br- I needed a breather. Yeah. Um, and, and frankly, they were at the stage, uh, where I get bored to be yeah. honest. Um, I love building. I love, I love figuring out and solutioning and, and putting in, putting structure in place and, and building that out. That's not what they need going yeah. forward. They, they need straight execution, which is, is just less, less interesting for me. Um, so as I stepped away, um, I had a couple couple of things just fall in my lap, to, to be honest. But it helped me uh, move into consulting. Um, so so I, I'm doing consulting. I'm, I'm working with a few different startups uh, and just trying to help them in their efforts. Uh, yeah. And I'm gravitating towards those early companies. Um, so so uh, not so much seed, but I, I'm working with a couple Series A, Series B firms. Um, that are understanding that customer success is something you have to think about strategic earlier, right? So 
instead of waiting till your series C or late B, uh, and now you've got all the sales and, and now we're bleeding because people are yeah. churning. Yeah. Um, no deal, deal with that up front. Right. So, yeah. so, so I'm helping folks with their, all things post sales, right? What's that customer journey look like? Uh, what, what's the engagement model? Um, how are you structuring the team? How are you thinking about that? Um, do you, do you have folks here that make for those early leaders and, and when's the time to bring in, uh, bring in a pro versus, uh, versus let the, let the team grow and, and, uh, expand. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm, I'm really enjoying that. Um, that being said, I know, I know I'll be back, I'll be back at it, uh, at some point. Uh, I love the building. I, I love building teams. I love building structure. Uh, being on the outside, it's it's just different, right? It's just yeah. different when you're consulting and saying, here's how, how I think about it and here's what I'd recommend as opposed to, hey, team, this is what we're going to do together, right? Uh, I was catching up with uh, with Anthony, who was the CEO directly um, a couple weeks ago and uh, just just picking his brain a little bit and get some advice. And, and he said, yeah, the consulting is definitely a great gig for you. I, I think uh, you can bring a ton of value and, and share that across other startups. But then he just kind of smiled and said, but I know that you're going to fall in love with a startup soon enough and be right back at it. Right. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, he, he's probably, he's probably right. So right now I'm, <laughs> I'm really enjoying consulting. I'm enjoying getting a, getting a little flavor of different pieces from the outside. Uh, but I'm sure as soon as that right one comes along, I'll, I'll be I'll be ready to build again. Cool. Well, I can't wait to see which. Uh, I hate the word rocket ship, but that's really the type of company you typically join. So I'm 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 curious to see which one you pick in the future. But um, but Jason, thank you so much for your time. I always love talking to you. Um, super insightful. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great to catch up, and uh, let's do, do it again. Cool. Sounds good. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay, see you.